Double M on the X. I'm not sure. Liverpool have been awarded a penalty or if it's a die. They're going to review it. It looked like a penalty to me. Of course, it would. Uh, right now, though, let's talk Steelers. It's a pleasure to welcome from DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Dale Lawley. Dale, how many exhibition games will the NFL ultimately play per team? And how many exhibition games do we really need? Well, <laughs> I think they're two in, uh, pretty much the same. Uh, they're going to play two. Uh, I, I've been hearing that all along. I, I figured that they would drop two. I just wanted to see how they would do it. Um, I thought they might just cut the first two off to give teams more time to practice, in which case that would have hurt the Steelers because their first two preseason games were at home, so they'd have been chopping off the first two the first two uh, preseason games, both of their home preseason games. Uh, so they're going to go, you know, the first game and the last game, uh, in addition to also doing the uh, Hall of Fame game. The question about how many they need, well, it dep- you know, if you ask the coaches, they need all four. If you ask the players, they don't need any. So I guess that's the happy medium is two. Why do the coaches feel they need all four? That mystifies me because I think you can pick, you know, what the roster's going to be before camp starts, you know, for, for almost every single spot. And the coaches just overblow the importance of evaluation when, Dale, they know already, don't they? Well, I think they have an idea. But there's always guys that go out there and, and who are gamers. And I'm sure you've, you've coached sports before. You, you've seen kids who look like crap in practice. And then they, you put them in a game, and it's like it's a different player. Um, I think that happens sometimes with, with football players as well at the NFL level. Uh, maybe you're just not a great practice player. But, man, once the, once you, you know, the lights come on, uh, everything works for you. I, I think this year, and especially with the increased rosters to 55 players, uh, you know, you're usually down to, you know, four or five guys fighting for those last, you know, couple of spots on your roster. Well, now you get to keep them all. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, but this year in particular, because of the situation, uh, you know, with the, with the virus, um, I'm not sure that teams are going to want to bring in guys from outside the organization. You're going to, you know, the guys that you have within your organization on your practice squad and, the, the, on, you know, those 55 guys, those are the ones that you know have been tested and they've been, you know, at your meetings and you don't have to bring them in from another city, fly them in from somewhere. So I think teams are going to be more apt to keep those or to bring those guys up than they are to sign somebody from outside the organization because you just don't know what you're bringing in. Now, do you believe NFL players will follow the necessary protocol as regards the virus, to start camp, start the season, and complete the season, because I don't have a lot of faith in that. It's tough. I mean, I'm coaching I'm coaching youth baseball right now, and I run the Pony League here in Washington. And it's you know you get into a game and you just you you're just playing the game. You're not thinking about well, I got to socially distance myself from this person or that person. And so, you know, I, you know, I've seen kids fist bumping or high-fiving or doing all the stuff that they normally do when they make a good play. And it's hard to, to get them to not do that thing. You have to constantly remind them, hey, we've got to stay socially distanced. You have to keep your distance from everybody. And let's be honest, football is a completely different animal than baseball. Yeah, I mean, these guys are supposed to be contacting each other. They're supposed to be bringing each other to the ground and blocking each other and doing all those things. Now, what you do outside of the game that's where they're going to need these guys to be diligent. And you're just going to have to tell them, look, you know, if, if you want to keep playing, 
um, you know, you're going to have to do these things to socially distance yourself. You can't go out at night. You can't do the things that, that we're seeing happen at the college level where, you know, the kids are going back to school and they just, you know, it's business as usual. They're heading to the bars and they're doing the things that the that college kids do. You know, if, if you want to be a professional and, 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 and play football, you have to sacrifice a little bit this year. I, I agree. And I think the hardest part will be off the field because, Dale, unless I really am missing my guess here, with the amount of testing that's going to be done combined with the protocol, it's going to be awful tough for a football player to get on the field, whether for a game or for practice, if he has coronavirus. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, the the, the quote-unquote bubble that they're going to have these guys in. If you read the, the, the leagues, uh, what they put out on this, um, you know, it's going to be a very small sample or very small section of people who are actually even going to be able to have contact with the players when they're at the team facilities. Um, you know, it's going to be some of the other players, some coaches, some training staff, and that's it. You know, the, the front office staff isn't even welcome to go downstairs and, and maybe do things that they normally you know, would do. The media most certainly isn't going to be anywhere near the players. Um, you know, they're already talking about moving the fans back away, assuming that they're in the stadiums. Uh, to a, to a you know, farther distance away from the players. So, yeah, and, and they're going to be testing them at least twice a week. I, I really think it is going to be difficult. doesn't mean it won't happen, uh, but they're putting everything in place that they can to make sure that it doesn't. Uh, but you're still going to have some instances, you know, potentially where it does. And that's where the, the, the real, you know, the, the flying new equipment's really going to come into play because what happens if, uh, you know, um, the quarterback room tests positive? And when I say room, I mean every quarterback in your, on your team. Uh, now you're in trouble. We're talking to Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, you wrote that the Steelers may address the QB position after this season. How so? Because uh, I'm assuming they do not see Mason Rudolph as Ben's long-term successor. I don't know if they've completely made that decision yet. Um, you know, they got to see him for the first time in NFL action last year. And I think they liked some of what they saw. They obviously didn't like some of the other things that they saw. But I think they thought that he took some steps. Now, what they really want to see this year is him come back uh, essentially from what was his rookie season last year because he hadn't played his, in his first year and see if he makes that second-year jump. Um, you know, doesn't hold the ball quite as long, gets rid of it, is more decisive. Uh, you know, with what he's doing out there, because he'll have a better understanding having now played at the NFL level uh, of what he's seeing out there. So if he can make that jump, um, you know, I think they could potentially say, you know, no, we're good with Mason uh, for now, but that, that won't take them out of the quarterback market completely if, if one falls into their lap. Uh, but if you're going to draft one, you feel like you have to draft one. I think this year after the, you know, the 2021 draft could be the year to do that because you know, if Ben plays out his contract, he would have one year left. It's kind of the Aaron Rodgers situation right now where, you know, you, you go out, you draft Jordan Love, and, you know, you give him a year behind Aaron Rodgers, and then you move on. It's the same situation for, for Ben. If he's going to play out that contract, you bring in the kid next year, you let him sit and learn for a year under Roethlisberger, and then if Ben retires, you're, you're, you know, you've got your next guy to, to try the position. You know, it's funny, Dale, because I don't disagree with Rudolph as the backup this season. Or with James Connors, the clear-cut number one back. But both decisions had better work. I get it. I'd do it. But there's clearly an element of risk. 
Yeah, there is. And I really thought, uh, you know, I was a proponent of them drafting a running back this year higher than what they did. Me too. Now, I do like the one. I like the one that they did draft. I pro- I would have taken J.K. Dobbins in the second round if it had been, you know, if I'm making the call there. Um, I, I had him as my top rated back in this draft. We'll see if I'm right about that. Again, I'm, I'm not a professional at this, uh, but I thought he was the best overall talent in this year's draft at the position. Um, you know, I, I think it is a roll of the dice, you know, going with James Conner. But, you know, there when James Conner plays and is healthy, he's a good back. The big part of that, though, is the if, health, if healthy part. Uh, he just hasn't been able to do that in the last year. He played six quarters of football in the last eight games. That's just not enough. Uh, you know, you need more out of your starting running back than that. You know, it, it just, I, I don't know that I trust him to stay healthy. Maybe he's had some bad luck. Uh, you know, maybe that's what they looked at. But, you know, at some point you have to look at it and say, the guy's always hurt. And, you, you know, you have to uh, to make that decision. Um, they're rolling with it. I guess they they feel good about what they have behind him now. I feel better about what they have behind him now than I did last year at this time. Um, you know, I, I think I don't know that Jalen Samuels is, is an NFL caliber running back. I don't think that he is. I think he's more of a, a chess piece. Uh, if you ask him to run the ball 15 to 20 times in a game, that's not going to get you a whole lot. I know he did it in that game against New England two years ago, but they wanted him to run the football. That was that was far preferable for the Patriots than having Roethlisberger drop back and throw the ball to Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, and I think Snell will be better in year two, and I like what McFarlane brings to the table, but you'd still like to have that number one guy, and I don't know that Connor can do that on a consistent 16-game basis. He just hasn't done it. Mike Tomlin recently said the Steelers' defense could get more sacks and get more takeaways. Is that even possible, Dale? I mean, more than 36 takeaways? Uh that seems pie in the sky, doesn't it? I think it's possible, actually. Uh, if, if you look at it, I, I did a, a story about a month ago now. They played about 120 minutes all of last season with a two-score lead, with a, with a lead of more than two scores. And 70 minutes of that were, were in two games. So if you give that defense more leads – um, you know, now all of a sudden they can just pin their ears back and rush the passer and they can take some chances on the back end. Uh, I just think that every game was a, was a one score game for them last year, uh, one way or the other. And that doesn't really lend itself to being able to rush the passer all that much. I think it with, with Roethlisberger back and, you know, more on offense, uh, at least an offense that's capable of, you know, putting up 25, 30 points a game completely changes the complexion of, of, of the game and what that defense is able to do. And I, I just think that, you know, I don't know if they can top the 36 turnovers because that's a lot, but I certainly think, you know, with this team, they, they should be able to get over 60 sacks this year if, if they have more leads. I, I don't see any reason why they can't do that because they've got pass rushers all over the field. Now, what about their run defense? Do they need to improve that, and how do they do that? Because I thought near the end of the season, Dale, that the opposition teams kind of – found running the ball against the Steelers is a safe haven. You can protect the ball, minimize the takeaways. That might not work with Bennett quarterback because the Steelers are going to do more on offense, but how do the Steelers improve that run D and do they need to? Well, that's the key. I mean, I think you just said it right there. I look at the run defense and they gave up 3.8 yards of carry last year, which was actually third best in the league. 
Um, now they gave up more yards than that because teams ran the ball way more than they did the year before against them because Roethlisberger was there kind of forcing the issue. Last year in the second half of the season, teams were content to run the football against them because they knew if they threw the football against them, they were opening themselves up to, to, to the possible interceptions and those things, and they knew that all they did had to do was score 17 points. When you're facing Duck Hodges on the other sideline you know, as the, as the quarterback, uh, Kevin Colbert said it himself. He said, when we had uh, Mason Rudolph out there, our goal was to hold the other team under 17 points. When it was Devlin Hodges out there, our goal was to hold the other team under 13. Well, the other teams knew that too. So they were, you know, a punt was a good play for them. So, you know, they could go and run the ball three straight times and, and get nine yards and punt, or three straight times and get 10 yards and get a new set of downs. It, it didn't really matter. Um, you know, so I think that the improved offense will help the defense in the run game. The Steelers need to control the football more. They need to keep their defense off the field. I think I think the defense had an extra and additional, I want to say it's like 150 plays run against it last year as opposed to what it had the year before. So that's 10 plays a game. I mean, that, and, and most of those are running plays. So, yeah, you're going to give up more rushing yards. I, th- I think they got worn down towards the end of the season as well, and I think that played a factor into that is, it, it too. Uh they lost all those snaps with Barron. And we talk about this every time you're on, Dale. I know Bush and, and Williams are going to play more snaps, but don't they still need at least one more inside backer? Yeah, somebody needs to step up into that position. And Who, you know, who can do it? Who are their internal options? They want to give Ulysses Gilbert every chance to do that. I think he, he showed some promise last year in the preseason and then played well on special teams in the first half before hurting his back. Uh, so they want to give him a chance. Uh, you know, I, I, I liked Robert Spillane uh, that they they picked up off the Titans. Uh, he had played for the Titans the year before and was bounced on and off their practice squad. Uh, you know, he, he again, he's kind of like Tyler Matikiewicz, only more athletic. Um, you know, he, he's just a, a good football player. Can he be a guy who, who's, you know, your top backup there? I don't know. I don't think so. But I think he certainly has a spot on the, on the roster as a special teams guy. You know, Ideally, you don't want to play Vince Williams on passing downs, even though he can rush the passer. Uh, that's not his cup of tea. I mean, he's, he's just not great in coverage. Um, so you want Bush to step forward and be that coverage linebacker, and that allows, uh, you know, that would allow um, them to, to maybe take Vince off the field or keep him on the field, let him rush the passer, do some things like that. Um, I, I think they can make it work, but Bush has to take that next step, and he can't get hurt. That's the key. They can't run into a situation where, you know, Bush misses five or six games and they're in trouble. Okay, Dale, here's all the cliched questions about, uh, and yeah, you're right. Like, it's like Connor at, at running back. If they lose Devin Bush, they're screwed at inside back. They don't have a lot of depth. I mean, I, I think if you look at the Steelers roster, Mark, with the starters are, are pretty good. I think you can match their starters up against just about any team in the league. But they're lacking some depth at a lot of positions. I mean, outside of – I think they have some depth on the offensive line. Uh, the receivers are pretty deep, some of, those, some of those things. But on defense especially, they don't have a ton of depth other than on the defensive line. Okay, here's all the cliched questions about Cam Newton winding up in New England. One after the other, Dale. <laughs> Will New England okay. win more games than Tampa with Brady? Will New England win more games than Pittsburgh? And will New England win the AFC East? I'm going to say no to the first question. I think, I, I think that uh, if you look at New England's roster, it's still not that good. I think they're a better team than they were before they signed Cam Newton. 
but not markedly better. I, th- I looked at them and said if, if Belichick got that team to eight wins this year with Jared Stidham at quarterback, he should be coach of the year. Uh, now I'm upping that to, to nine or ten wins with Cam Newton out there. Um, is that good enough to win the AFC East? It could be. Uh, I'm not sold on Buffalo. I think their quarterback is, you know, could take that Mitch Trubisky step this year and go backwards uh, because he's not a he's just not a very accurate quarterback. He's more of a, a runner and an athlete at the quarterback position right now than he is a true quarterback. And they will definitely not win more games than the Steelers. I think the Steelers are a far better team than the Patriots. Everybody looks at that Patriots team and says, well, they, they should have a really good defense again. They got rid of their two, their, their two uh, highest sack guys last year are both gone. Kyle Van Noy's in, uh, I believe, uh, Miami now. And, and uh, uh, jo- um, the linebacker, Jamie Collins, is in, is in uh, Detroit. You know, they got pilfered by, the, by two of Belichick's former assistants. Those were their two sack, leading sack guys last year. Where's the, where's the pressure coming from in New England? They're still really good on the back end, but I don't think their front seven is going to be very good. And their skill position guys suck. They're terrible. I mean, if Julian Edelman is your number one receiver and he's you know 33 years old now and, and, and banged up, you're in trouble. you got some problems. Dale, great stuff as always. I appreciate you taking the time. Anytime, Mark. I'll talk to you. That's Dale Ollie. Check him out at DKPittsburghSports.com. Now it's time for the bonus segment of Ask Mark Anything. Liverpool trail 4-0. In the 74th minute, you know, it's been so long since we won a championship, I didn't know what a championship hangover looked like. This is obviously it. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Ask Mark Anything, the bonus segment, bonus round. 412-333-WXDX, call now and ask Mark Anything. 